Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. I'm Evan Novi Williams. And this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where just the two of us, Evan, discuss the world of money and sports. Where's Barr? And we continue to be a rudderless ship. Yeah, where is Barr? Do we know? Does I anybody know where, know where he, Barr is? I, he's on vacation. I know right, that. But the last vacation, he went back home to Detroit. Oh, I hope he's somewhere warmer. I hope he's more tropical or something. Yeah, beach. I can't have two Detroit trips. He might be back in Detroit. I would he, not knowing bar, he might be, oh, the Tigers have a homestand. Right. Yeah. I want to go see the Tigers and the Royals. Anyway, without bar, we begin with Mark Cuban. In the wake of the Kevin Durant injury, and everybody's talking about KD, he wants the League and Players Association to invest in research into diagnostic tools that will help you sort of understand whether an athlete is prone to this sort of thing or whether it's the right time for an athlete to come back from an injury. I ask you. Mr. Novi Williams, uh, we know that Mark Cuban has said the only person he pays more yep. than or has longer contracts than his players are his doctors. Mm-hmm. He's into health analytics. If you can keep your players healthy, you have a distinct advantage. Will the league and the union buy in? I, I mean, I think they're I'm sure they're looking at it. There's no question that in the past couple of years we've seen, you know, there, there's so much new tech coming on in sports in terms of sleep, nutrition, that athlete health is becoming kind of this next frontier for Teams and it makes sense, right? I mean, how much money do these teams? They have hundreds of millions of dollars they have invested in these stars. And and to quote Mark Cuban on Twitter, the reality of sports medicine is that it's still as much an art as a science. However, technology is turning the corner, and we can accelerate the advances through investment. Teams are investing anecdotally where we can, but now it's time to invest as a league even if the results may be 10 or 20 years away. Uh, I can't, I mean, you would know better than me. Can you think of another area where the NBA and kind of all the teams maybe pool their own resources together to invest in something that they may all kind of work together on? No, not for anything that isn't dollars and cents related. We sort of have, you know, the 32 equity at the NFL where sure. everybody tossed a million dollars in and they buy some companies and, you know, share in that. But something like this, no. And I'd be surprised in only that teams don't really trust each other. <laughs> And teams don't really trust the league office either. So I'd just be surprised. I don't I don't know. I figure if you're Mark and you think this is something that gives you a distinct advantage and certainly has the resources to put behind it, I'd keep this in-house. I would try to do it by myself and partner with whoever you think you need to. And really just keep that information yeah, to the Yeah, I, I think his point is that the investing power of yeah, 30 teams is obviously much it. bigger than the investing power of one. Uh, another thing that I find really interesting about this, I know I harp on this like almost every episode, um, but let's say that, you know... Harp away. I'm going to harp away. Uh, let's say that, you know, by virtue of some uh, academic, some medical breakthrough, we now have a better way of understanding tendons that are about to pop or are more, you know, more susceptible to if cutting, you know, something's going to happen. Um, this feels like a perfect example of the kind of thing where getting a lot of data on your player yeah. might be harmful to the player depending on who yeah. owns it and how you're allowed yeah, to use it. Yeah, team won't want to pay you if you're more apt to or susceptible yeah, to a certain Yeah, let's injury. say the Warriors yeah. scanned his leg and said, wow, this is this is a ticking time bomb. Right. You know, whether you play in this game or you rehab it and, and maybe next year, there, there is something here that's going to go poorly. That is a piece of information that obviously the Warriors want to have, and Kevin wants to have it too because it helps him protect himself right. and get ready himself. However, come negotiation time, what if you could do th- it? There's sort of, a there's a weird there's weirdness. What there. if you could do it as a you know double blind patient 
52963 <laughs> and everybody can go in the database and look up themselves. Yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah, that, that is certainly some, a some doctor that is, is yeah, only yeah. able to access yeah. it and, and tells, tells yeah, and then tells yeah, him, this is you. Just tells really the team so he's good. not ready yet, but tells Kevin this is why you're not ready. Yeah. And, and they don't, yeah, there, there is going to be, as we, you know, as, as Mark Cuban, if he gets his wish, this is a perfect example of the kind of thing where teams are going to know so much about players that it's going to blend into this. You know, blend into contracts. It's gonna, it's gonna become the ownership of that information. Who gets to see it? How it gets to used? It's and gonna I become it, a bigger and bigger issue. I want it real time. I want so if I'm playing NBA 2K today, and KD is not playing in a game, he can't play in your game either. <laughs> That's I want real time analytics, so everybody knows. I not, mean, not sure Take Two Interactive uh, is gonna jump on that. I one. would say, you know, if you remember years ago, and you may not, but. The Warriors almost traded Steph Curry years ago hmm. because they thought he would have um, lingering ankle issues, and they almost got rid of him. And I believe it was uh, Jerry West, as consultant, who said, "If you trade this guy, I'm out of here." Wow! So, Doctor West, more more, va- <laughs> more value from the logo than uh, than just that's uh, interesting. Name. And we can, I mean, let's let's broaden the conversation here about Durant's injury because, as you wrote earlier this week, there are some. I mean. Huge implications league-wide that happened the moment that that he went down on on Monday. Yeah, if you're the Knicks, your plan A was Kevin Durant, free agent number two and draft pick or whatever. Do you now commit a four-year, $160 million contract to a guy who will not play next year? Or likely won't play next year? I think we disagree on that question because I think... You're a yes. I think yes. I think the Knicks are still as interested in terms like max contract interested in Kevin Durant as they were a week ago. Oof, and you, I, it sounds like you I'm, disagree. I'm a no. I don't. I don't think you can do it. I think the play for Durant here is not to opt out, go back to Golden State, stay with the existing contract for the final year, pays him thirty one million dollars yeah. to have the surgery if required. We still don't know at at that time right now, but to have the surgery probably rehab and then be ready all better to hit the free agent market i think i agree with that you know 31 million dollars is his own player option he yes. can do that and then be a free agent and then be a free agent anyway when he's a year after roughly yes. a year after surgery yes um there's probably some risk in there too in that let's say he takes that 31 million has the surgery he's obviously going to go in physicals in front of all these teams before yeah. they sign him if the recovery isn't going as well, if something yes. happens during the surgery, yes. he runs that risk. Yes. He's 30, 30 years old, I believe, He's right 30 now. now. Yeah. Uh, so coming back onto the court at, at 31-ish. The um, consensus medical that, opinion is he should be able to have the surgery, do the rehab, and be close to what he was, if not all the way. Yeah, credit to 538. They put together a list of the, the big-name players who have had this surgery in the middle of their careers. Um DeMarcus Cousins, Rudy Gay, Kobe, Elton Brand. The the big one, I think the ideal for Kevin Durant, Dominic Wilkins, yeah. who did this at 32 he came back and right. was a better player statistically yeah. afterwards than, than he Kobe was. Kobe was before. a little older. So like yeah. for those who like that's in recent memory, Kobe was 35-ish, 36. So mm-hmm. that's a little bit different because as we know, as you know now, at what what age are you? 31 31 so you now know 36 is over the hill because you're you're feeling all the effects (laughs) it certainly feels that way yeah one other interesting aspect on this that i I was reading remember when the knicks signed amari stoudemire to that big deal 100 million dollar deal himself in the first preseason game yeah and there was a lot of a lot he was already injured i think and a lot of teams were not interested in him because 
insuring his knee yeah. was difficult. Yeah. I do wonder, obviously, whoever signs Kevin Durant to this next deal, whether it's $160 million four years for someone else or it's five-year, 220 with the Warriors, either way, they're going to want to get insurance on this thing. Oh, they, all, I these imagine, deals, all these deals. I imagine true, it's yeah. going to be a bit harder to insure Kevin Durant's contract when he's coming off of an Achilles tendon injury. You're saying the premium be a little bit higher? I think Someone's the premium might be a little, a, little, a little higher, and I would be very interested to, maybe we can make some calls, but would be very interested to think about you know, how, how much harder it is to insure Kevin Durant's next max contract now than it would have been before this injury. All right, let's move on to the U.S. women's soccer team. Medina, let's hit it. USA fans are celebrating this one. You don't see 13-0 results at a World Cup. But you saw it tonight. Producer Medina Parwana, did you watch the game? Uh, no, I didn't. You didn't. So you didn't get to see the shellacking, drubbing. Give me another word. What is it? It was a shellacking, a Oof. drubbing, blowout. A, a pasting, <laughs> pasting, a, a like pasting, pasting, a blowout. Yeah. Thirteen. Remember soccer where they say nobody scores. It's too boring. Nobody scores. Medina, thirteen, nothing. Well, what I did see was all the social media backlash for the U.S. team scoring. 13 goals and they were saying there wasn't a lot of sportsmanship and all this stuff and the you know the Thailand team the girls were on the sidelines were like crying so I don't know there was a lot of stuff going on yeah, with that. Yeah somebody who I think understood it Carly Lloyd after the final whistle now she's a veteran who's now coming off the bench the first thing she did at the final whistle was to go to the Thai goalie and and she said a few words and Carly said afterwards I don't know if she understood me but she still you know, gave her gave her a few words. I, I think that's sort of a universal, hey, you know, keep your head up kind of kind of thing. Eben, you and I, I think we agree on this one. Yeah. Um, oh, let's. I want to well, hear your opinion first. <laughs> I, I, and by the way, some are making this a gender issue when you talk about shouldn't have scored thirteen goals. Like, um, <laughs> would you have said that if it was a men's team? And I mean, as you know, my kid plays youth hockey. He's on a really good team. If we're up by seven, eight goals, the coach tells them no more shots. Pass, pass the puck around. If you have to shoot, shoot it at the goalie's chest. Shoot it wide of the net. Nobody's looking to run. I know this is youth sports versus the World Cup, and these are big, big boys and girls, and it's time to, you know, you play. And my job is not to take care of your team. But 13? Yes, I'd be saying this if this was the men's team, and I'm saying it for the women's team. And I understand that these are players, some in their first World Cup, and they're excited and they want to score. I get all that. But 13 still, to me, seems like a little push in the face in the mud. It's funny. I actually think we did we, we disagree a little bit here. Oh, okay. I, I am the, the score, I'm totally fine with the score. 13-0, 18-0, nothing. This is the World Cup. The goals actually technically matter. If the U.S. had stopped at six and 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 Sweden had ended up beating Thailand nine nothing, and suddenly the U.S. doesn't win the group because they eased off the gas when another team didn't, I'm okay with the score. I, I think the thing that more people have issue with, and and, and this is the one that I'm a, I'm a little more on the fence about, the fact that they were celebrating. I mean, yeah, Megan Rapinoe's goal. goal was the ninth or tenth one. Yeah. She did the windmill. Everybody yeah. followed her. She went down, kicked her legs in the in the air. Everybody. Everybody left the bench in like one big jumping hug pile. Um, that seemed like a little bit too much, right? Like I'm, I'm totally fine with we're running the score up because this is the World Cup and goals matter, and we, we may need all 13 of these. But when you're up 9, 10, 11, nothing, score the goal and, and walk to the other side. I, I understand people who were a little peeved by that. And actually, I mean, I, I talked to both my, my dad and my sister last night who both of whom I think are the exact kind of audience that the women's world cup wants. They're never going to seek out 
soccer games ever, really, right? But my sister's in Germany. She texted me, how do I watch these games? My dad called me last night. Both of them were a little a little put out by the fact that, you know, the, the, the U.S. team hung, hung 13 goals on, on Thailand. So I do wonder if the casual fan actually does care. If well, the casual fan is like, listen, let Medina this talk. doesn't look great. <laughs> no, well, no, Evan, what I yeah. was just about to say was, but when that adrenaline is pumping, you're just going with it. I mean, can you stop yourself and be like, wait, I should think twice and not celebrate as much? <sighs> Man, you, I'd, I'd like to think that you I mean, we, 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 I mean, we counsel yeah, our kids. We counsel kids, and these are nine-year-olds. Like, you don't rub it in. You don't celebrate if we're up by a lot of goals. So if they can do it, I'm hoping that these adult World Cup team players can do it yeah we have rules i know in youth sports where the score like even if it, the goals against differential does matter there's a cap so if you win by Which 20 goals the cap is still six or seven about. yeah something well, like so you don't run it up because yeah. i do watch the premier league and a lot of that is based on how many goals you score throughout the course of the season so in that case if let's say liverpool who i'm a big fan of ended up scoring 13 goals in one game that means they could essentially win the the whole title of the of the premier league so then they'd be walking yeah, yeah. alone. But, but, See what I did there, Medina? Yes. Thank you. Hey. Thank you. All right. We no, I'm, I'm with you. Medina. I, again, I, I think the, it's fine for them to score that many goals. They're going to play Chile next. And from what I've read, Chile is not particularly good. It right. could be another big blowout. And then, obviously, Sweden's going to play Thailand, and Sweden now needs a lot of goals to, to try to win the group. I can't wait to see who gets so more, that, that more be, Twitter hate that right now, me or you. as well. Um, but, yeah, that, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, you said Messi... M-E-S-S-Y. I'm going to segue to Messi, M-E-S-S-I. Topping Forbes list, highest paid athlete this year, $127 million. Not a bad haul. And we say play soccer. One, two, and three. Messi, Ronaldo, Neymar. One, two, and three. Yeah, the only three athletes that made over $100 million. Over 100 right. Canelo Alvarez, and, and we've seen this before with Floyd Mayweather, like kind of you have a big fight that year, and he's got his big contract with the zone. 94, Federer. Just under him at number five, first U.S. team sport athlete, Russell Wilson, number six, Aaron Rodgers, number seven, Mr. LeBron James, number eight. Mm. I know I, I know you looked at the top ten. I'm not sure how deep you went, so I'll give you some trivia here, okay? Oh, boy. I, I only went to, like, after that Curry and Durant. Yeah, so, so there's a top 100. Yeah. How far down do you think you get before you hit the first hockey player? Uh, 60s? No hockey player on the list. Oh. Which I was kind of amazed by. Yeah. Who do you think is the oldest non-golfer on the top two? The oldest two players are are Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. Yeah. Who do you think is is the oldest non-golfer on the list? Oldest non-golfer? We don't have enough time on this, but tell me. (laughs) Tom Brady uh, at at $27 million. There's some other interesting ones here. In terms of just endorsements, if, if you filter for that, Roger Federer is... Killing everybody. Yeah, else. Rogers got quite a, a eighty-six file. million yeah. dollars in endorsements. And what I love about um, Roger, what, what I like about Rogers' brand, though, what I love about the Roger brand and the association with Roger is he's built a portfolio that is that is designed to last post career. It's it's that lasting brand of excellence, without question. Yeah, and, and that's not something that ends when you stop playing. It's still it's still going to mean something to be affiliated with Roger Federer when he's done playing. It's funny, and when you said that, another the, the other the next athlete that pumped to my, jumped to my mind about that was Serena Williams. Yeah. Is it, is it a coincidence that they're both tennis players, or is there something about tennis that kind of lets you cultivate a brand like that, that that even when you're done playing may pay off for you? Well, I think it helps that it's just one, it's just an individual sport. Yeah. That it's easier to do that than, than a team sport. So tennis kind of lends itself there, Yar, for the world to see. 
Um, you're all by yourself. Serena is on the list, by the way. She's the only woman. Only She's woman number 63, coming in at, at $29.2 million, nestled between Joanna Cespedes, the, the Mets outfielder, and Miguel Oof. Cabrera, Oof. the Detroit Tigers uh, infielder slash designated. That would have been our segue to bar right there. <laughs> oh, terrible. Those, those are those are one decisions you wonder if teams are like, wait, we paid, what? When, what were we thinking when we agreed those? Looking at them, basketball, NBA certainly seems like the... Uh, the, the the big one here, I believe, thirty five of the one hundred something in the in the thirty to thirty to forty range of them are, are NBA players. Football also very high here. Um, if you look at the endorsement numbers, though, it, it's very clear that basketball players have a better better avenue to endorsements than than football players. I do have a question though. Yeah. Doesn't the NBA put a cap on how much they could actually? pay their players. Yeah, there, there, there is are max there is contracts. A team spending list. Yeah. So yeah. with that being said, I feel like most NBA players, unless they have incredible crazy endorsements, will never reach a certain status on any kind of list based on that. No. I mean, LeBron could probably get X amount, but it'll never be It's a very high number though. When you're comparing about just this list, just salaries it's it's a very high. It's going to make more than hockey players because they generate. So yeah, much the revenue. max deal is pretty big, but you're right. I mean, if you look at the the numbers in terms of on on field earnings, right? Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, just by virtue of the deals they signed and and the signing bonuses, they're both in eighty million dollars in salary and winnings, and they'll right? plummet next year. Yeah, they they'll, won't have they'll no go down bonuses. next year. But you're right. LeBron James is never going to hit. $80 million in no. on-court earnings. Neither will Steph Curry, neither will Kevin Durant. An NBA player will never get to that point. So, so you're right. The 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 the, the top line of, of your on-court earnings, uh, you're not going to see basketball players get up there. Um, but the salaries that they do get paid, you know, LeBron's at $36 million, Steph 37 Kevin Durant in the low 30s, as we talked about. Um, all those things are, are pretty darn good for, for most team sports. Yes, it is. Well, this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Scott Soshnick, along with Eben Novi-Williams. Mike Gobar has been missed. He has. We are here each and every Monday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with NBC horse racing analyst Randy Moss. I'm interested in this one. All the deaths at Santa Anita. I want, to, I want to discuss the economics behind it. Triple Crown just ended as well. We'll have, we'll have a lot to talk about with Randy. You're listening to the Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio, around the world, online, wherever you get your podcasts.